All right, gals and pals, game on. It's time for the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where we help gals and their pals come together over sports. Don't hate the game, love the game, or at least find out why he loves it so much. Now your host, the Sports Gal Pal herself, Ramona Rice. Well, hey there, Gal Pal Nation. Welcome to another episode of the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where I help you understand why he screams at the TV during a game, and he's going to because it's World Series time. I'm your host, Ramona Rice. You can connect with me at and Twitter, at Sports Gal Pal, of course, on SportsGalPal.com, and I'm going to get right to it. One of my favorite, favorite all-time guests is back because his team is heading into the World Series. It is none other than, I love him so much, Mikey Rupert from the Cooper and Rupert podcast. He has come on. Mikey, welcome back, and congratulations on your Royals for making it to the World Series. Yeah, this is very good circumstance to be on the program today with my team going all the way. Uh, well, I guess they haven't gone all the way just yet, but they're they're right there. And it's so different than last year. So this is, you know, twice in a row um, you guys have made it. And this year, I don't th- last year was a surprise, at least from my perspective. This year, definitely not. Best defensive team in baseball by far. You guys have been solid all year. I know that there was a couple times we were like, it got kind of down to the wire. But you guys did it. You got a well-crafted squad. I like you guys a whole bunch in this series. Um, how about you? Yeah, well, this year does feel a little bit different than last year because last year, I think everybody was just happy in the Royals community to win the wild card game against the A's. So when they went all the way, we were just playing with house money the whole time. And although losing in game seven in the way that we lost, it really hurt. I think everybody woke up the next day saying, wow, that was fun being relevant for that long. This this year takes kind of on a different attitude, although it is still tough for me to say that I expected to get to this point. I know we were number one all year, but the way that we fell off in September, when the Royals fell off, I, I, I wasn't for sure, because it's really hard to be good all the time. You don't see that many number one over number one seeds win the World Series. It kind of seems like the teams that get hot towards the end are the best bet to go, so... But now that they're here, I think that everybody wants to win this one really bad because of the shortcomings of last year. But nonetheless, the fact that we've made it back this far at least proves to me and I think to everybody else that last year was not an anomaly, that the Royals got that far because of the way they're designed. It wasn't just they were the team of destiny. It's that now that they've done this twice in a row during the playoffs, I think everybody can say this team was built correctly and that the front office of the Royals was um, they were they had the vision and then they executed the plan and it is it's coming to fruition right now. Yeah, you talk about building that team in eleven postseason games. The Royals have only made one error the entire time. I mean that's incredible. Um, but you're now facing a new opponent who is coming off of an amazing performance. I mean the way the Mets handled the Cubs, and I, I have to be honest with you, I am a little biased towards the Mets. I'm not a Mets fan. I'm, I'm actually agnostic when it comes to baseball. So I just like baseball in general. I do not have a team, but my dad is a huge Mets fan. So one of my best childhood memories. I don't even know if you were live during the 1986 World Series, but I was. I was six, and he woke me up to watch like the last kind of guys at bat, and that was one of my first kind of sports memories, so it really imprinted on me. So um, I'm thrilled they're in there. They've had, they had a great performance, and I'll be honest with you, I was so sucked into that series, I didn't really watch the Royals um, 
Blue Jays really at all until towards the end. Um, you know, what can we expect of this Royals team, given the fact that they defensively are so, so good? Well, I'll say this about the, about you being able to miss some of the Royals in the playoffs. It was It's really tough in baseball when everyone's got a life and you, you're sticking one team every day in the day slot. And I kind of felt bad for even the – uh, the Blue Jays when they were facing the Rangers in the DS stage because every one of their games was during the day and it's just really hard for everybody to catch them because we're used to late rounds in, in the NBA or even in football or in college football of being in the primetime slot and, and the Royal Series for the most part really wasn't in primetime that much so I definitely know exactly how that goes but for what we can expect in this in this series coming from the Royals is Obviously, I think the number one thing that comes to mind when you're thinking about the Kansas City Royals is elite bullpen. You do not want to be down in the last. If, if you're losing in about the seventh inning, it's going to be a struggle. Teams have done it. There's been, I think, four or five times in the past two years that teams have scored a run in the seventh inning or later. It's very, very tough. You do not want to get down against the Royals because, uh, you know, what we saw with Wade Davis, which was uh, uh, in game six of the CL, uh, ALCS, was among the most gutty saving performances I've ever seen in my entire life. And they're both, their bullpen's tough. Uh, you know, maybe Ryan Madsen is the eighth guy. He might be the only spot where you might even have a chance. But Kelvin Herrera and Wade Davis have been allowing next to nothing. Uh, another thing you can expect with the Royals is this uncanny ability, and I don't exactly know. There's no real rhyme or reason or sabermetric stat that, that says exactly why the Royals just are so tough to kill, but they are hard to keep down for nine full innings. You, we've seen a couple of times pitchers go a long distance, like David Price go through seven innings, or we saw... Uh, you, you, some of these other pitchers that the that the Blue Jays had go go quite a bit of a distance, but the second we hatch into the bullpen, they, they just are, have an ability to get on base by making a lot of contact and just wreaking havoc by keeping the line moving. So I think you see a resilient bunch, a team with a lot of speed, a team with a lot of uh, very good defense, and an elite bullpen. Their one weak spot being their starting pitching. Yeah, I'm curious about that because, again, the Mets, their starting pitching is really good. I mean, really good. But you guys at bat are really good. I mean, it's like it's like a pitching team versus a batting team. I mean, I love well, the matchup of the two of the two teams. I really do. It's gonna it's gonna be a really interesting matchup for multiple reasons. One of the many reasons is that the Mets have one of the hardest throwing and mo and best starting rotation with Cindergard with DeGrom, with even Mats and um and Harvey that you know being their three those are their four guys that we'll see starting this postseason. But the Royals are the best uh high velocity hitting team in Major League Baseball. They've hit the best average of pitches thrown above ninety five miles an hour. So you're going to be seeing a good matchup between the best hitting fastball team and the team who throws the hardest. So I think that that is going to be something that is that is going to be a really interesting matchup because I think of all the teams that are built to face the Mets, I think the Royals are the are are constructed the best to do it. 
Do you think because you guys are so tough at bat that it's going to require the Mets um, pitchers, which didn't have to use as many pitches to get the Cubs out because the Cubs are, were designed as kind of like a home run team. Like they were literally relied on that a lot. Um, but with you guys, you guys don't rely on um, the home run at all. You rely on quality, good hitting, just, just basic hitting, which, which works obviously. Cause you're nope. here. Um, do, do you think it's going to require them to pitch more? I think that the Royals are probably going to try to work. The, the Royals, it's weird because they don't take a lot of walks and they don't take a lot of pitches, but they're still tough on pitchers and their pitch count. Uh, just because they, you know, they get on base and they create high stressful moments with their speed once they get on. And I think that that's definitely an advantage for the Royals, but it, it, it's so tough because you you can also see them going, uh, you know, the Royals, because they put the ball in play and they swing at first pitch and they do all those things, the, the, there is a way that they're susceptible for a long, uh, a, a long outing from one of their starters. But they're going to be working their best to try to to try to get these guys out because the Royals are really tough on bullpens. And that is, other than Familia, the Mets – they have some, they have a few reliable guys and in, 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 towards their back end, but nobody's like the Royals pin, and 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 the Royals are so tough on guys that uh, that that come in off the pin. So they'll they'll be trying to get through Degrom, and they'll be trying trying to get through Cindergard. Uh, I'll be interested to see what their approach is if they keep exactly the same. I can't imagine that they're going to change anything because whatever formula has been going on has been working, and about everybody from one through nine in their lineup is very dangerous, including people who haven't maybe were a little bit stagnant throughout the year. Alex Rios, a lot of people were questioning whether he should even be in the lineup for Dyson or for Paulo Orlando or something like that. He's come up maybe more clutch than anybody else in the entire lineup. I doubt that, that the Royals are going to even mess with anything. They're just going to, they're just, I think that they feel real confident right now that they can get to anybody. We saw him get to David Price. We've seen him get to Dallas Keuchel when they even threw him in relief in, uh, you know, in the game five of that DS stage, they've hit really good pitchers fairly well. And I think that they, they feel confident and I'm sure that they're just going to, they won't change a thing. I think that they're, they feel pretty dangerous right now. I'm super excited to see it. And you mentioned off air as we were getting on that you may be going. Um, is this yeah, true? That's right. I had after game three, the Royals, or excuse me, after game four, the Royals had beaten the Blue Jay, I think 14 to two or something like that. I bought my tickets right after that game because I thought that they would close it out. I'm taking the 3-1 lead. Not only that, but I thought that the tickets might be get outrageous. I don't really know what happens when it, when a team gets the World Series or a city gets the World Series. I don't know if that means that ticket prices rise for airplane tickets. I don't know if that means everybody buys tickets and you can't get a good seat. So I went ahead and did it, but I didn't tell anybody because I didn't want to jinx the whole entire thing. I don't really particularly believe in that, but I didn't want – other people who believe in that stuff to get all freaked out. So I already made my uh, my airplane ticket, and I'm going back. Uh, last year I was at the World Series in San Francisco because that's closer to where I'm at now. But I, I couldn't – obviously Kansas City is the closest venue of the two to my current geographic location. But nonetheless, I still wanted to experience it with my royal brethren, one thing I've, I've, I still have yet to do.
It's exciting. So, I mean, I am completely jealous because that's on my bucket list to see a World Series live. Again, just because I'm agnostic doesn't mean I don't want to watch. And there's nothing like live baseball. I'm sorry. There's nothing, especially like that crowd, um, because I did watch the last game and they were, I mean, it was electric. I mean, just everybody was all in, which I love. Um, So I'm super, super, super jealous. (laughs) Super jealous. I I can't wait to listen to your podcast and hear some recaps. I've been to a lot of Royals games in my life, and I have never been. The last Royals game that I have attended in Kansas City was in middle of July last year, and that was right before the All-Star break, before the Royals just got hotter than hell and made that run all the way. So I have not seen, I've never attended a game in Kansas City with the crowd like what I've seen on television, and I am so excited. The, the, Dayton Moore has, by, by making this team and this team now going to back-to-back World Series – has I think awoken a sleeping giant in a baseball fan. I think I think Kansas City has always been a, a, a baseball town, but they've never had the chance to to show it. They've never. They, I mean, they've. Let me rephrase that. They haven't been a great baseball community because it's really tough for the casual fan. And even even some hardcore fans, because I would consider myself hardcore, and it is tough. I mean, I was engaged in the mid late two thousands when they were absolutely miserable. But the amount of discipline and the and the amount of hardcore fanship that I have is it's not the common person to a normal sane human being. So now with a little bit of taste of success, this town, I think Kansas City has completely blown up, and I, I think this is who they've been the whole time. They've just been waiting for a team, not only to just to go this far, because this is great, but a team to play a couple of relevant games, which they haven't before the 2015 season done in 29 years. But now that everybody's all pumped up, I, you're not going to be able to stop it. The, this, the crowd is going to be electric. I can't wait to experience it firsthand. I, I haven't done it yet. Are you the kind of fan that really gets into it and 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 does like the cheering and you wave like the towels or whatever it is that you guys do every every fan base does something different? Are you that guy or you kind of like keep it more no. internal? Like, no, I I would say I I celebrate when good things happen. I get really excited, you know, and I I can cheer and jump up and down and high five. But normally when things happen, I'm very quiet. As as a matter of fact maybe even more quiet than most people. I, when I was I was at the bar for game 6, there was this there's this bar in the valley in LA that has uh for whatever reason Kansas City has kind of adopted it. It's a Chiefs bar, uh it's a Royals bar. I mean, not that there's royal themed stuff on the walls, but uh, Roy, but Royals fans and Chiefs fans congregate there. And I I still don't really know why, but I was there and I that was the most nervous that I've ever been in my entire life watching sports was game six of the ALCS, and that includes the World Series last year, and that includes all the other sports that I enjoy. I I could barely speak. I couldn't eat. I just kind of sat there and watched it. Most of the time, I, I when I watch games, I, I actually just stay pretty silent and uh, because, I, I mean, I know everything that's going on, and I can uh, – I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's too stressful for me. And baseball is the platform where sports are the most stressful. Because baseball, you know, you, you, it builds for the pitch, and then, and then it, let's say it's a ball, then you go back, and you have a chance to sit on it for 30 seconds. In basketball and in football, things sometimes are happening so quickly, you don't have time to get nervous. It, 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 there's too much at, at play. There's too much moving. In baseball, you have time to every moment sinks all the way in. 
And uh, I, I can imagine that during the World Series, especially during the crunch time parts, I'll, I'll, I'll probably be the quietest guy in the stadium. Well, it's exciting. It's exciting to watch. So, Mikey, um, a couple more things since I've got you on. And everybody in Galpa Nation knows how much I adore you. I mean, it's no surprise after my gushing episode of your first appearance on my podcast. Um, recently, you and Doug um, updated your guys' cover photo on Twitter, which when I saw it, I was like, okay. Um, I just, I'm curious as to why. Um, why we... <laughs> um, I will post... I'm going to grab a, a screenshot of it for my own website and evil purposes because it's delightful. Um, so can you give me a little background just, just because I am a big fan of your show, why and, and how that came about? Well, we needed a professional photo, I think for the, for the website, because we, we'd been using one that we'd taken uh, in front of the American flag for a long time, but I since started shaving my head and, and, and we didn't even almost look like the same people that we were using. So we thought we needed a chance to update and I'm a big fan of Awkward Family Photos, that website, and uh, and I like I, I, all that stuff's kind of funny. So I thought, what what you know, what we should do, because you know, a lot of people are kind of uh, th- there's kind of different trends and things that podcasts do, um, and, and we kind of didn't want to go that route. So we decided that we would uh, get some sports themed sweaters and kind of have a family photo type. Um, style that we would that we would shoot all of our pictures in and and, and that's kind of the route that we decided to go our, our show is Doug and I are don't usually yell at each other all that much you know sometimes shows they they berate each other and argue and and, and most of us is is our show is a little bit more cerebral and we kind of talk through situations probably more serious than what they actually deserve and we thought that those pictures probably would represent the attitude a little bit better than than uh, something else, and I just thought it was funny as hell. So w- that's what we decided we were we were gonna do. Oh, it is funny as hell. Um, I I'm looking at them right now. And um, how did you? Where did you find those sweaters, Mikey? My God, did you have them lying eBay. around? No, I, I, I looked. For <laughs> I was looking for a good sweater uh, that would that would kind of match. I was thinking maybe get one baseball themed, one basketball themed, because I think those are my favorite sports. Baseball, and I think Doug Doug likes basketball, so we just thought, oh, we'd we'd find him, and and I surprisingly found two that looked almost like they were made by the same person, even though they were not. And uh, yeah, I bought them. Uh, I bought them off eBay, and and I think it was the best twenty five dollars I've ever spent. Yeah, no, I love them so much. I'm so glad you did it. It, it made my day when I saw it. I was like, wow, okay, because I I just recently got new headshots, and I I went the glamour route of you know good lighting and makeup, but that's me because I'm vain. But I love them. I think they're great. So anyway, and it shows your personality. So again, gals and pals, it's Mikey Rupert, and I just cannot gush over you enough. Yeah, we were going to go the makeup route as well, but uh, we, you know, we're just not. We we just decided that we we uh, weren't good looking enough for that, so we just said, you know what, Aww. we'll just go this way. That's not true. You guys are very attractive. You know. For guys in weird sweater vest <laughs> and mock turtlenecks. <laughs> exactly. And, and, uh, although I will tell, I will say this about one thing. I know that the last time I was on the show, I was just, I was complaining about how hot the studio apartment's been. It's like the, the temperatures have cooled down, and doing podcasts have been a lot more comfortable for us the past couple of weeks. So it, it's definitely been more enjoyable being us the past few weeks as it was in the middle of September, which was pretty toasty in here. 
So I'm I'm I'm, I'm feeling a lot better in that regard. I don't feel bad for you because you live in Los Angeles, and so your weather is great pretty much all the time. And it's getting cold here where I live in Virginia, um, <laughs> and it's getting nippy. So I'm like, no, I'm having to pull out like you know sweaters and boots and things like that. I'm like, no, not not too excited about that. I've had to put the flip flops away. So no, I don't feel bad for you at all to have to sweat through in September. No, that that's well, I, that's a you I, problem. I miss, I miss the cold. I love. I like having to wear a sweatshirt and layering up a little bit. I I definitely get tired of every episode of being you know eighty five degrees in here and you know it's hundred degrees during the day. I think there's a misconception about L A weather. I don't. You know, it's it's nice uh, mostly all the time, but it gets a little bit chilly in the winter. But d- during September and October and August, it is hot. I mean, it is desert-like temperatures, and it stinks. So, uh, I, so I, I, I'm actually a little bit jealous of you because I'd like to put a sweatshirt on. I haven't been able to do that yet. Well, you'll be able to do that in Kansas City, won't you? So, yes, yeah, you'll be able to true. do that. Too. You'll be able to do that on Tuesday, um, Mikey. If Gal, if Galpa Nation, you should already be listening to their podcast because I told you um, already. I did. I was very firm in saying you need to listen to it because, you know, I listen. I know you've got your favorite podcast. You guys are pretty much consistently, especially when you switched to Tuesdays, it was great because it was like, okay, I didn't have a new podcast on Tuesdays. So when you guys moved, I was like, yes, it was like they knew I needed to you guys on Tuesday mornings. So Tuesday mornings as I'm heading um, to the gym or whatever, I'm, I'm usually listening to you guys whatever it is you're talking about. So they are on Tuesdays. Um, you can listen to them on iTunes, Stitcher, all those other great places. But Cooper and Rupert Podcast, I cannot say enough good things about it. It's just two guys in an apartment talking about sports. So guys talk about sports. I mean, and I think I need to, we need to at some point get Doug on my podcast. He, at this point, this is now twice now, Mikey. And he may give a complex or he may not even care because it's Doug. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's kind of what I think. I, I think it's... Uh... You know he he's Doug. Who knows? I don't know what he I don't know what he's doing right now. Who knows? Who knows? He's out in Los Angeles, roaming around looking for. I don't know. He's he just seems more like he's very an analytical. At least when I've heard him on the podcast, I you know obviously I know you better now because you've been on my podcast now twice and we've we've chatted. But with Doug, it's just very much he's matter of fact. It's just cut and dry. This is it. This is it. And I feel like yeah. you see all the shades. Yes. No, he he's a he's a guy. He reads a lot. He he studies it. He knows what he's talking about. And I'm I'm definitely glad that he's on the program. But when it comes to changing his mind, that's among the most difficult things uh, that that I can do. It's tough. All right. Well, there you go. But again, listen to Cooper and Rupert. You can follow them um, on Twitter at Cooper and Rupert. Um, and they've got CooperandRupert.com. They're on again iTunes, Stitcher. All the links will be on my show notes at BlogTalkRadio.com forward slash Sports Pal. And Mikey, good luck to your Royals. I'm going to be honest. I'm kind of pulling for the Mets just because the family connection a little bit, just a little bit. And David writes from my hometown, so and he's been there a while. But you know, I. If the Royals win, I won't be sad because, again, I'm agnostic. It's so much easier. I, I need to do that for, like, college football. That would be so much better because right now it's just – it's awful. It's an awful, dreadful experience. So, yes. Yeah, you, you sometimes you just have to let go, you know. I think just let your team – just let your just know that your team's no good or, you know, because mine's the same way right now. And uh, just enjoy the fruits of the sport. Yes, yes. So it's okay. At this point, midseason with college football or pro football, at this point, you can let it go. Just just like Elsa from, from the Frozen movie. Let it go and just maybe, you know, focus on something else, the college basketball that's coming. All right, Mikey, thanks so much for coming back on. Thanks, Ramona, for having me. I really appreciate it. It's always good to come on. 
Thanks for listening to the Sports Gal Pal Podcast. And be sure to check out sportsgalpal.com.